Tēnā koutou. You're listening to a core education Tātai Ahoro podcast. Kia ora hana. Thank you for agreeing to come along to be interviewed for our core education Tātai Ahoro podcast. It's really great to have you with me today uh, to be able to talk about some really big kaupapa kōrero actually. Welcome to you and thank you for joining us. Kia ora, kia ora Leah and thank you for having me and it's actually really interesting to um, be speaking English to you. I don't th- think this might be the first time, eh hoa? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit strange, eh? <laughs> it is, isn't it? Good to know that we can speak both. <laughs> That's right. We're talented in many areas and those also in two languages. My favourite language obviously is Te Reo Māori and it's a little bit out of my comfort zone actually to be doing interviews at all in English. So, Kara fewer, kara fewer. Kia kaha tawa. Awesome. Okay, so our focus for our podcast is Te Tiriti o Waitangi and you are a member on the Waitangi Tribunal. So who better to have on board with us the, uh, today speaking to this kaupapa? How has your first year been with the Waitangi Tribunal and what are some of the l- new learnings that you've had? Look, it's been an incredible year. I'm, I must be the newest newbie on the tribunal. So it's, a, it's certainly been a year full of learning. Even though I've been on there for a year, I've been on one kaupapa, and that's the, the justice inquiry. And so it's literally going into the my first dive into the, the mahi of the tribunal has been this huge dive into the world of justice. And it is incredibly broad in terms of the scope. It's talking about the time before we get to courts, it's the world of the courts, and then it's also the, the correction side. So the whole journey of justice, and not even just criminal justice, it's environmental, it's it's everything, civil, uh, it covers everything. So it's been a huge learning curve for me. It's actually a whole different world. The tribunal at the moment runs pretty much like a court, and of course I haven't You'll be pleased to know, spend a hell of a lot of time in courts. And so it's a, even the protocols and the way people engage is huge. But probably the biggest learning has been has come from being on that side of the table and listening to the claimants bring their kaupapa and their take and to feel, you know, you can't help but have an, that can't help but have an impact on you in terms of your emotions, the the experiences that they've had, the really negative, uh, the trauma that they've that they've had over years and sometimes generations, as we know um, with our people uh, in terms of the, the relationship with justice. And when you hear those stories, it, it really is, it's moving, but it's also compelling and invigorating too in terms of your intent to want to do something about it. So huge learning. I'm hugely humbled to be in a situation where I am there with credible experts uh, alongside me who are helping guide me in terms of the role of the Te Taraipunara. I don't think we could um, have anyone better on there. I guess just carrying these really heavy kaupapa and with all of your experience, I know that you're bringing some real big pukinga to that role and you're holding that space. Moto tato iwi. So thank you for sharing that. My next question is, is about Te Tiriti o Waitangi. So we know we've got one day a year that's been set aside for honouring the, the treaty, honouring Te Tiriti. But as we know, it's, it's not something that can just be put on a shelf and taken off once a year. So how 
do you think we as a nation can, or as individuals, can honour Te Tiriti o Waitangi every day? Yeah, look, it's, it's a great question because, of, of course, those of us who have been in the world of Tiriti education for quite a little while know all too well the scenario where you have somebody who comes and does a course on Te Tiriti and then they've ticked that box and they've done, they're now Tiriti educated and you don't see any change of it. Or you see the people who, you know, might celebrate. They go and wake up early in the morning and they go and have a hangi or they go and um, partake in something on the Te Rao Te Tiriti. And again, that perception that, yep, we've done our bit, but you don't see any change actually taking place in terms of their behaviours, their practices, their work, their the way they are might not change beyond that. Whilst I still think it's important we do those things, we take time to celebrate and acknowledge on a, on a specific occasion, that's an important part of our culture as well. I think it's hugely important that we really challenge ourselves to do what you say, to bring the thinking of Te Tiriti into our everyday. And the way that I've landed on it, and I think it's one of the things at core that we're really developing and in terms of our attention, the attention we're paying to it, is about that shift from doing something like a certificate or a course, doing something in terms of a pathway to education, and then living it and thinking it. So we talk about, first of all, the critical thing is establishing a tiriti mindset. If you can establish a tiriti mindset, that the challenge there is you're thinking about everything from that perspective. You're taking a step back to say, and what would this look like from a tiriti perspective? It's not just saying, hey, we need to learn these principles and apply these principles across things. It's actually thinking, well, let us... First of all, understand what the Tiriti says, what the intent is. Let's look at issues of rights and equity. Let's look at issues of around takata whenua and place and turaka waiwai and, and these things. And let's frame what we're, what we're doing and what we're thinking within that context. So having a Tiriti mindset, I think, is the first really important part or step. You could think about it in terms of a, an approach. It's the first step that we need to do. Now, that's great. If you can have a Tiriti mindset, that's fantastic. But if it only sits in your mind, if it only sits in your thoughts and nothing then transpires in terms of what you do, then it's a good thought to have, but it's not going to be enough. So the next step is actually how you then take your planning, your thinking, your designing of things and apply a, a Tiriti lens. So that would be Tiriti by design. So from the mindset to how you're actually laying things out, the, the work plans that you're establishing, how you're going to be in the classroom, how you're going to be in the community, what boards you might be on, but how you design structures and systems, policies and practices to then give effect to Te Tiriti. So followed from the Tiriti mindset, we move into Tiriti by design. And again, you can plan all that, but if that's where it stops, that's still not good enough. It means you've got a strategy and you've written some vision statements and you've you know you, you've done some work to say you want to do it but you now need to actually do it and that is around what it looks like in action so that's taking the thinking it's taking the design process and then it's doing something holding yourself accountable actually shifting practice and behavior to reflect what that means and if you did that, if we were going through this thought process, which might take a little while if it's not what we've been doing, it might take a little while to 
become ingrained in part of our psyche, once you're there, it will become a natural process. That when you do something, you know that that thinking and that planning has gone on beforehand. So even if it doesn't hit the mark and you've got to refresh, you're still doing it intentionally, deliberately, and with an understanding of the connection to the whakapapa of the thinking at the beginning. Kia ora. Thank you so much for sharing those words and those thoughts, Hannah. That actually brings me into our next kaupapa because you spoke about te tiriti mindset and practice. We could have a magic wand and wave it and go, okay, we've all got a te tiriti mindset and we are all going to set that into practice. Then that would almost be the, the magic that we would need to solve so many problems, right? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't work like that. You have to do the mahi. You have to educate yourself. You have to gain an understanding of te tiriti o waitangi and and how it has, and the impacts of colonization on our tamariki and our kura. And we see the rates of tamariki being excluded from school. It's Maori, tamariki Maori are almost double that of tamariki Pākehā who are being stood down in our schools. And you can't help but think, okay, I wonder if in those kura, the systems that are in place are obviously, they're not serving our tamariki Māori. And it tells me that perhaps that te tiriti mindset may not be there. Or that te tiriti mindset in practice is probably not there either. So I've already established in my corner that tamariki being excluded from, tamariki Māori being excluded from schools at a higher rate than tamariki Pākehā is obviously a te tiriti issue. So I bring that back to you. How can we, how can we fix that? What can we do about yeah. that? Well, I absolutely agree with you. It is a tiriti issue, but it's a tiriti issue not just within the school context, it's, a, it's within the wider context and experience of colonisation. But you hit the point when you said we, the first thing we need to understand what it's about. We need to understand what the tiriti establishes for us and then what happened, what went wrong, why it wasn't upheld. And the, the problem is that if you look at the issues experiences now in our schools or what has been happening for the last 150 or whatever years, that has a whakapapa too. And if we only look at the issue now, the one you raised about that 50% of all exclusions are Māori, but the Māori account for only 15% of the population. So the over-representation in the statistics, we can trace that back. We can trace that practice, the thinking back to experiences of colonisation over time and the way that they have pervaded, the way they have been presented within their education system, education policy. Most of our whānau don't know the relationship between cause and effect. We don't know the exact policies that have led to this. We don't know why Māori are at the lower end of the literacy and numeracy in Aotearoa. In fact, most Māori and most people don't even know that there was a time in our country where Māori were actually... Eight, 80% of Māori were literate and only a much smaller amount of Pākehā were literate. We don't know this because we haven't actually been able to have access to those narratives, those stories. In fact, what we've been told and what's been imposed upon us is a system and a belief that Māori aren't good, aren't educated or don't have the ability to be educated at the same level. You know, all the deficit thinking because it was the intent to create Māori in a position in our society 
that were excluded from academic success. And it was, it was deliberate. It's all there in the policies, in the statements from the uh, Director of Education, etc. Now, the problem is that in the absence of understanding how we've got to the point we're in now, if our children and our whānau don't know, if our teachers don't know, they're left to think that it's because they're Māori, because they don't have the whakapapa of how we've got there. And that is such a limiting, limiting and negative thought pattern for our people to have. So first of all, yes, it is a tiriti issue. It's a tiriti issue because we can name and shame the policies over time that have created negative expectations of Māori as learners, that have, create, that have forced Māori into the lower socioeconomic position in our society and all of the issues that come with poverty, marginalisation and exclusion. And we can also see how those negative expectations then impact today on the bias that plays out in, in the education of our people, but also in the wider society. Schools are isolated entities in many ways, but the experience of our whānau is very similar whether or not it's in school or walking down the street or going into a shop or, you know, it, it's a part of a societal issue. How do we fix it? Can I get that magic wand you were talking about before? How we fix it is, the, is going through that process. You, in anything, if we were had to have a health issue, Leah, if we were had to have a heart attack, you don't just rock up to the hospital with a heart attack and they don't just deal with the immediate issue without looking at what's caused it. You need to understand what the causes are so that you know what the ruko are, what the medicine is or the treatment is required to address the current situation. We in education for a long time have been trying to deal with the heart attack and we've been ignoring the journey that's got us there. So we do need to really open our hearts and our minds up to understand the history of the te tiriti, to understand the journey, to understand the impact and the cause the causes that have given us the effects that we are seeing today on a daily basis and that our babies, our children, our mukapuna experience on a daily basis. Once we can see that, we've started with that tiriti mindset, but we then need to acknowledge it and then change it. Be brave enough to change those policies, like the policy of streaming, where bias, racial bias and bias comes into the play in the decisions that are made every day, but more importantly, the low expectations of people's ability from a, such an early age. We can look at that and say, hey, we can now trace the whakapapa back of this, of this kaupapa, we now know where it came from, we can see that it was inequitable, we can see that it was intended to create a lower class and a class that did not have access to quality education, and we also can see that that also perpetuated in creating negative outcomes for Māori within education in the current situation. So now, let's change that practice. Let's actually work on teacher expectation and relationship. Let's deconstruct the stereotype that influence the way that those relationships are formed and those expectations are formed, but do it deliberately. Because going back to the whakapapa of it, that was deliberate. These things aren't going to change by chance. But we do need to open our minds and our hearts to thinking in a new way and challenging what we think we know. It will create, it will lift up the horizon of opportunity for our people in a way that hasn't been the case, especially within education, for a long time.
Kilda, thank you so much for sharing your fakaro. And you're right, you know, it can be really overwhelming for people when they go through this journey of conscientization, when they learn about Te Tiriti o Waitangi and start, just start to become more aware of how they carry themselves in their mahi and how they understand the inner workings of our tamariki knowing the intergenerational trauma that they suffer with every day, but actually also the strengths that come with it, the strengths of our tamariki, and that should really be the huge focus for us as educators. As you say, it's lifting the horizons for the possibilities of our people. So, Hana, that's you doing that for our people and all of us that are working in this space. So, again, I thank you for joining us and for all of the truths that you've shared with us today. Nō rere, mihi nui atu ana ki a koe, mou whakawate i a koe anō i te kaupapo te rā. Thank you very much, Hana. Kia ora, Lea, tēnā rawa tu koe e hoa. Nō hora mai. Tēnā koutou, you've been listening to a Core Education Tātai Ahorau podcast. Music